Welcome to the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. And I'm Vicki and I'm so excited today because we are going to talk about military careers and maybe why that should be a good option for your high schooler. So today we have a new friend. Um, this is Nathan from the Homeschool Project podcast, and that's a good one to check out because they're fun and their episodes are kind of shortish. And so you can get a lot of uh, fun out of that in a quick time. So Nathan's a recruiter, and this is a great opportunity to get some expert advice about military things. So Nathan, I'm going to just ask you a little bit about your homeschool family, and then let's just jump right into the topic. So how'd y'all get started homeschooling? Uh, we started several years ago. Uh, we Our kids were in the public school system while well, our oldest one was at the time. And we just had a revelation one day that the craziness in our life and running around and not seeing our kids much, that something just wasn't right. I mentioned to my wife, uh, if she ever thought she could homeschool, she looked at me like I was crazy. And a little while later, she had her own moment where she realized that things just weren't right in our life as far as family time and what was going on, uh, like kind of the rat race thing. So she said, I think I'm ready to look into this. Uh, fast forward, we did our research and then we started homeschooling our kids and uh, we haven't looked back since. It's been a great choice. So we were, you were discussing your points with me ahead of time, um, just things that our kids should think about. So I'm just going to just hand it over to you and just share your, your thoughts with us, Nathan, because this is such valuable information for our young people. Sure. Yeah. So I appreciate you having me on because I do love talking about this because we have enjoyed our career. I've been in the military for 12 years and it's been a great 12 years. And I had a career before the military too. So I've seen both sides. I went to college. My wife and I went to the same college. We graduated from college. I took a law enforcement job out in New Mexico. Once I graduated, I did that for several years and then I joined the military. So I've been to school. I've worked as a, I guess you could say a civilian, even though it was in a state job. And now I'm in uh, the military. And so a lot of people who come in, join when they're 17, 18, they've never seen the other side. Mm -hmm. I have, and I can tell you all the benefits that exist on this side that don't on the other side. So I, I think I have a pretty good perspective, but I always like to start with, if anyone that's considering this, uh, you know, what the, what, what the branches are, because not everybody is aware of all the branches. Right. So you have the Air Force, the Army, the Navy, the Coast Guard, the Marine Corps, and now I can include the Space Force. Yeah. So they are actually recruiting for Space Force now. Wow. Um, okay. Now, military has an option. So a lot of families and a lot of uh, schools, they push, push, push a college degree. Mm -hmm. My wife and I both have a college degree, but that is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And taking out massive amounts of school loans is not for everybody. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for an option to pursue an education along with a great career, the military is, is a, is a great choice to look into. So the, one of the first things I like to tell people is please do not look at the military as a last resort. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that come to us and they say, you know, I didn't know what else to do. So I, I figure I'm going to join the military. That's a terrible, terrible way to look at joining this, uh, one of the services, because it compares to 
the civilian side in many ways. And in many ways, it's superior when it comes to a solid career. Mm-hmm. And just because you come as a last option does not mean that the military will have you. So you can't, so you can't look at it like that. Um, yeah. You have to come in like it's a job interview and be prepared. Mm-hmm. So look, look at it as you would come if you've researched a, a civilian um, employee hiring you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it, the, the military can be fulfilling. It can be rewarding and it can span 20 plus years. So when you walk into that office, at 17, you're not thinking 20 years down the line, mm-hmm. but that's how much it can give to you. It can give you a lifetime career. Yeah. And you have to look at it like that. Yeah. And even once you're out of the military, there's still some benefits. Like my husband went to college on the GI Bill after his Absolutely. military time. And he's, you know, he's old now, but he still goes to the VA for all of his medical stuff. And they take such good care of him there. Absolutely. And I can, I will, t- I will definitely touch on those things um, <laughs> because there's a lot of those things that, yeah. that the military can offer. Um, so you mentioned education, right? So no matter what service you go to, you will be given the GI Bill once you join. Mm-hmm. The GI Bill will pay for an entire bachelor's degree at the highest uh costing state institution in the state that you go to. So where I'm at in Ohio, that would be like Ohio state. Mm. So if you did your four years, you decided to get out, you can take your GI bill and you can go to Ohio state completely free with stipends for books. Mm. And they pay for house. They give you house, a housing stipend as well now. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And on top of that, not that you care about this when you're 17 or 18, but you can now pass on your GI Bill to family. You're kidding. No. So, so I, that didn't exist when your husband had it. So now if say, so my GI Bill, I already had a degree when I came in. Mm-hmm. I've, I've already signed that over to my children. Wow. wow. Pretty amazing. So yeah. now it's, it's broken up into percentages to my kids, but it's, it's a pretty great gift that you can give to them. Yes. Oh my goodness. Right. So we, and every service also offers tuition assistance. Tuition assistance is a, a certain amount of money. I don't want to say how much because it changes every year, depending on the government, but it's money that you can use to take courses. And it, you, especially if you're working for like a full-time active duty member, mm-hmm. maybe you take one course at a time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, will, it will cover courses throughout the year. Like right now, I think it just went up to, I'm, I'm going to draw a blank, but I think 30 per year. Sure. Uh And that's not your GI bill. Mm. So you can take that money and you can take courses. So um, I am pursuing my master's degree from the university of Louisville on tuition assistance. Wow. So you can go, you can go above and beyond your bachelor's degree. Uh, The the military throws money at people for education. They want highly educated employees because a highly educated, happy employee is a good employee, just yeah. like anywhere. Yeah. And they recognize that. Another thing that the military offers is leadership, uh, excuse me, leadership opportunities, right? So you could be a 18-year-old, 19-year-old coming out of high school and be 
put into situations that you would never be put in in any other field. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, most people think, well, what do you mean being shot at? And that's (laughs) not the case, you know? So the military has hundreds of different jobs available. Mm -hmm. And that can range from something in the medical field to administrative, Mm -hmm. to driving boats, Mm -hmm. to jumping out of helicopters or airplanes, right? So there's extremes. If that's not... Not everybody, not everybody is is running around with guns and and uh, jumping out of airplanes. There's the there's the support side of the military as well, and we need lots of them. We need computer programmers. We need medical technicians. We need we need people that uh, are interested in construction, depending on what service you're in. So there's a wide variety of jobs available, yeah. and the leadership opportunities within those jobs. It's great if you just stay decide to stay 20 years. But if you decide to just do your foreign get out, those leadership uh, skills that you learn in the military, they are looked upon pretty highly when you go to a civilian employee. That is that is very true. In a civilian interview, leadership opportunities are a, a definite selling point. Yeah. Yeah. So as a recruiter, I speak with a lot of uh, businesses in the community. Mm. And what they're looking for nowadays are people, are, are kids that have leadership ability and real world experience because they're lacking that. So what society really pushes now is get through school, go to college. A lot of people don't work anymore to put themselves because there's the loans just flow. Right. So now you have a span of, let's see, 12, 16, 16 plus years of never, a lot of people never actually working or doing anything in the real world. And then you go to apply for a job and they're like, well, that's great. The degree was a requirement. So that means everybody has one. What else have you done? Right. And if you can't put anything else on that resume, you're going to have a problem getting a job. I know as a, one of my hats in life is doing career coaching. Right. I work with so many college graduates that they're going, they're graduating and no career experience. It's so hard to get employed. Yes. Yes, and I've heard that from employee employers, and I try to push that, and it's it's hard to explain to people because they think that, and they and they've been told this that a college degree guarantees you success in life. We all right. know that's not the case. Right. Right. Um, I also look at the military as a rite of passage. It's something in your life that if you've done it, and I'm sure your husband feels the same way. He probably remembers the day he graduated from boot camp or whatever yeah. path that he went through yeah. because it's something that 1% of the American population has done. Mm-hmm. And it's a sense of accomplishment that you will carry with you for the rest of your life. And there's a lot of young people that never had that sense of accomplishment because a lot of times accomplishments aren't true accomplishments anymore because they're pushed through some systems and nobody wants to hurt feelings, right? So (laughs) a true sense of accomplishment, meaning that it was really hard and it was a struggle, but I still got through it. Mm -hmm. Some things you can can graduate and I can look back and say, you know, I graduated, but Mm -hmm. it really wasn't that hard for me. And do I feel truly, do I feel truly like I accomplished something? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on the person. I can promise you, if you go through this, you'll feel that you accomplish something in your life. And it's something you can take with you forever. And I, and I feel strongly about that. 
now I want to kind of get into the process because I know we only have a certain amount of time. So if you have a home, a, a child that, that that's going to graduate, maybe junior, senior, that is contemplating this, there's three paths that they can possibly take. And the first one is the enlisted. Mm-hmm. And the second one is officer candidate school. And the third is an academy. Mm-hmm. So enlisted have to be 17 years old with parental consent. Mm-hmm. Both parents have to sign off on a piece of paper saying they're okay with them going through the process. If you're 18 already, you can do it on your own. Officer candidate school requires a degree. Okay, so you have to have a degree. If you're a civilian, you have to have a degree to, to jump right into officer candidate school. And that's a, that goes up to a panel. It doesn't mean you're going to go to officer candidate school just because you have a degree. It allows you to apply. Mm-hmm. And then there are the service academies. So there's, there's a lot of service academies. It's basically a, it's a, it's a university mm-hmm. and you get through the, you get through that, those four years and you come out as an officer and you get put into the fleet of whatever service that it belongs to. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk mostly, mostly about enlisted. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go, if you're considering an academy, they're, they are ex- uh, extremely hard to get into Yes. and you need to start planning on that early freshman year yeah really and you're looking at the classes you're taking volunteer activity they look highly at um athletic accomplishments Mm -hmm. it takes a it takes a serious resume to get in because there's a lot of people that apply in a few spots yeah enlisted so still want to start early so i would say junior year you start doing your research Mm -hmm. um and i would start the actual process no later than the beginning of your senior year because in some cases it can take a while. So like I said, 17 minimum age with parental consent. My biggest piece of advice is do your research. Even I'm in a, obviously a specific branch as a recruiter. I still tell people go out and research every branch of the military because there's a branch of the military that will fit you. And not every branch will fit you. And we're not going to have the, not every branch will have the jobs that you're interested in because we all have different jobs. So get online, go to their websites, and under every website, we'll have a list of all the jobs. So like I said, I know a lot of people who don't know about the military think if I join, say, the Army, I'm running around with a gun. Yes. That's not the case. Uh-huh. There's a, there's, the Army has a lot of different jobs that you can do. Same with every other service. You might have this idea of what they do. You could be doing something completely different from what you think that they do because there's support rates in every every uh, service right my my husband was a draftsman in the air force like nothing with airplanes no exactly right that's a that's a great example right he he may have never (laughs) gone on a mission on an airplane (laughs) right yeah and so you have to be aware of that because there's you might have an interest that you don't think exists in the military and i promise you it probably does in some capacity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so yeah, look, look at all the jobs, check their websites out. One of the biggest and most important things you can do is speak with somebody who has served mm-hmm. because you're getting, you're getting it from the horse's mouth, right? Somebody who's actually served, they don't have an agenda mm-hmm. and they want, I guarantee you, they will be happy to speak with you because most of us love talking about our careers. Mm-hmm. Even if they did four years, you can, if you, you can talk to somebody for hours and hours about what they've done because they just, it's something that they're proud of and it's special to them. 
it, make a point on Veterans Day <laughs> and find a vet. Yes. yes, exactly. So if you have a child, call up. I mean, you call up the local um, VA. You could call up the local uh-huh. VFW and say, "Hey, I have a son who's extremely interested in this. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody there that'd be willing to speak to him about their career on the career in the military?" And you're going to bump into somebody that is. Yeah. Ask them as many questions as you want. Ask them the goods and the bads because there's bads sure. just like any other job. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what you do, as we all know, you have the good and the bad days. Yep. Okay. After that, it's time to speak with a recruiter. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people get scared about speaking with a recruiter because they think that they're going to suck them into this thing that they don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. And the and you may, depending on the recruiter, you may get the sales pitch, mm-hmm. but you have to go in there knowing that you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. It's not like the movies where here, just sign right here. I just tricked you. And now you're leaving for boot camp yes. next week. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And and I know a lot of people think that like they're very scared to sign your name on anything. And most of the time it's just a signature protecting us as recruiters uh-huh. from talking to them about personal information, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so go in there, but have a list of questions. Go in to see a recruiter and have a list of questions mm-hmm. and know why you're going in there. Re- have, having already researched the job so you can ask them specific questions and they can answer those questions for you. Because if you don't have specific questions, yeah. they're probably going to give you the spiel. Yeah. Because what else are they going to tell you if you don't come in there with an idea of what you want to do? Yeah. And if you were if you were looking at any other job, you should go in there knowing what you're going in Absolutely. there for. Absolutely, yes, yeah. That research right? is part of growing up. Yes, exactly. It research is part of growing up. This is what's going to happen when you go into the recruiter. They're going to ask you, and, and so people get afraid of this too. They're going to ask you a bunch of personal questions because the first thing that has to happen is you have to be pre-screened to see if you qualify for military service. Mm-hmm. That's going to include your, if you have a criminal background, drug use, mm-hmm. um, and the one of the biggest ones is going to be your medical background. Mm-hmm. The majority of people who don't can't or can't come into the military, it's due to medical history. Yeah. So if you have, there's certain things and every service is a little different. So I can't tell you exactly what things will get or will keep you from the military but there are definitely some things that will keep you out of the military. So you have to be aware of that. And that's some of the first, some of the first questions that you're going to be asked because they don't want to waste your time. Right. And that's the thing. So if you, if you go in and say, Hey, look, I have asthma and I carry around an inhaler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm unfortunately that's, that's a disqualifier for the military. Yeah. Okay. So you can't join with that. And that's why they're asking you that is because they don't want to waste your time. That way you have, now you can go and pursue something else. Exactly. At least you know where you stand. After that, once they get that pre-screen done and they, they're going to hand in your medical documents, and once they get the approval on that, they're going to want to set you up to go take the ASVAB. Yes. Which is, which is basically a, um, a, a, an exam that you take for entrance into any military service. And you're also going to have to go take a physical and that doesn't mean push-ups and, and running and which comes later, but this is like a physical with a doctor. It's like a sports physical you would get if you were to play sports in high school. Yeah. You will go and you will go to a place called MEPS, the military entrance processing station. And you're going to take that 
ASVAB test, and then you're going to take the physical with the doctors. Mm -hmm. At the end of that day, you should know whether you're qualified for military service other than they're also going to run a background check and a credit check on, mm -hmm. on that person. Then they're going to see if you can do push-ups, sit-ups, and a run. Uh -huh. Okay. At that point, if you can do all those things in every service, a little different, but you're technically qualified for military service. And at that point is when they'll, you, you, have, you can hit the pause button and that's when you make your decision whether you want to move forward or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's all up to you. you. Nobody will push, nobody can push you to do, to do anything you don't want to do, but you need to find out if you're qualified for service. And then it's time to start thinking about what jobs you want to do, what service, you know, obviously you've already been working with a service, but what jobs really fit you and when, if you want to move forward or not. And the ASVAB helps with that, doesn't it? With the, the job choice kind of things. It tells you what jobs you qualify for because the scores that you get on that, they will tell you what jobs you qualify for and what jobs you can actually do. So you do want to prep for that. Now that's a good point. There are, if you go to, there's, there's a practice ASVAB exams online. The local library has the ASVAB study guide mm -hmm. and a recruiter can give you practice exams. Mm -hmm. So yeah, th that's going to be the basic process. And it's a lot, most of it is your, your own research. Do your research is my, is my biggest piece of advice. You can go in there knowing that I'm doing this because I want to get a free college education. Mm -hmm. You can do that go in there and do four years, you can get out and you go to school for free. If that's your purpose and that is just fine. And the military understands that. Mm -hmm. Or like I said, this could, this career could span 20 plus years and it could be the greatest thing you've ever done. So mm -hmm. going in there, you have to, you, you may think you want to go just for college education, but you may end up staying 20 years, but that's okay. You have a choice. So once that contract's up, you're done, you can, you're free to walk away. And then the for homeschoolers, I wanted to kind of throw this in there. Depending on the service, they 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 may require a diploma, which a lot of times is just printing something off. You know, I've I've accepted something that literally said diploma at the top with somebody's name on it. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's it, and we've handed that in. Yeah. But but the services are looking at homeschoolers because we're, a lot of times the homeschoolers, and this is a this is true get some of the highest scores on the ASVAB. Mm. They, they really do. And they're a lot of times they're some of the most polite people that come into our office. Mm -hmm. They have done the most research out of anyone that comes into our office mm -hmm. and they know why they're coming in, in there. They, they have a plan and they know exactly what they're there for. And that's mm -hmm. a breath of fresh air for people like me, because that's really nice to see. Yeah. That's a, one of the benefits we have in homeschooling is to, you know, if, if we're doing career exploration, we think about the military too, and you do your exploration on all the jobs. So, yes, yeah. And that's, we even had one time in our local homeschool group, uh, the local recruiter came and gave the ASVAB to a bunch of kids just so they could experience what that was like. And then she, you know, did a recruiting, you know, just talked about the military, kind of like what you're doing now. And it was so good for the young people to have that experience and, and um, actually was inspirational to several of them to join the military. And at least some of them stayed on, you know, after their four years. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, it can provide a lot. It's, it's a great, it really has been a great life for us. I mean, especially as a young person coming in, mm. you don't have a family yet. I mean, you're going to travel, you're going to get training, you're going to get education 
your the camaraderie is something that that's the biggest thing when people say when they leave they say the biggest thing that i miss is the camaraderie because you don't really find that anywhere else in in the world other than the military is that tight-knit community that you have that you carry with you yes. for the rest of your life and i'm sure your husband feels the same way and still has that when he goes to the va he's part of something still Mm-hmm. However long it's been since he's got out, he's still part of something. Yeah, you should see him. You know, he's Vietnam veteran era. So, you know, he goes down to the the VA, just walks in the door and all the vets from that era, they all find each other. It is sure. really a precious thing to watch. And it's a, it's a special community to be, to be mm-hmm. part of. And that's when I tell people when they get scared to go to boot camp, mm-hmm. I tell them to be part of this and put that uniform on, you have to pay the piper. Yeah. And boot camp is paying the piper. And once you get through that, you're in, you're in the club. And it's something, again, four, you could do four years, 50 years later as an old man or an old woman, yeah. you still have that connection with these yeah. people that did the same thing that you did. Well, and yeah, and I'm, I'm a high respecter of boot camp is I think anything that's worth doing um, is, is worth doing rigorously, especially up front at some point. And so the boot camp really turns people into a military person. Like it's hard. And, uh, but even in other parts of life, like I, you know, one of my hats, I'm a mental health counselor and I work in a private practice, but I could not have been hired there unless I had had a boot camp experience, you know, during graduate school. So I had to go and work for over a year in a very rigorous population where it was a really hard job to to be able to do the, um, you know, the emotional rigor of that kind of work. So boot camps that way for the military. So, you know, helps develop character and strength and confidence. Yes, absolutely. And and what you just said about what you had to do is what I had mentioned at the beginning of this was there are some things in life where you kind of know that you truly didn't earn it, even though you were, you were given that diploma, you were given that trophy but when you do something like you said, where it was really, it was actually hard and rigorous, you you know the difference. Mm-hmm. You can feel it inside. You you know what the difference is, and mm-hmm. it's a proud moment when you know that. When you know you that it was actual struggle for you, and it wasn't easy, and it was tough at times, but you still got through it. Yeah, yeah. So this has been such a good discussion. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think kids have really got an idea of their choices and why the military would be good. But also it's so good to have an idea of procedure, like, okay, first do this and then then do that. And then it kind of, it gives you a path forward. So thank you so much, Nathan. This has really been helpful. Well, I better wrap it up here. So thanks again. Anything else we need to include before we wrap up? No, if anybody has any questions about the process, and this isn't coming from a recruiter, but just as a person in the military and a homeschooling family, if they want to email us and ask us um, if they're confused about something or, or want one idea how to proceed with getting their child into the military, please please email us. And we also, we did another, uh, we did an episode number nine our, on our podcast, and it was a very detailed um, episode on the military. Very good. Yeah. So if they're interested in that, there's that too, but yeah, please feel free to reach out. We, we are very open about how much we love our career. So, um, yeah, we love talking to people. Well, I will put those links in the show notes. So we always have folks who read the show notes and miss the episodes. 
Um, So we will get you connected. Thanks again, Nathan. And we'll see everybody next week. All right. Thanks, Vicki. All right. Well, this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Mm -hmm.